This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey backpackers, Bird Shooter here. And today on the show we are back in the studio, the recently redesigned Bird Shooter Studios, to discuss ultralight gear. What inspired us to start looking at lighter equipment? Who inspired us, including some gear manufacturers, YouTubers, and fellow podcasters? And why some of us are starting to migrate to more ultralight backpacking. In the show, I'm in the studio with Therm Rider, Beer Run, and 3Dub, and we discuss our various levels of ultralight hiking talk about some gear that we like, some tricks that we use to lighten our loads, and 3Dub discusses the cottage manufacturers that inspired him, and he offers some that you might consider. This show is fun, it's pretty lively, we don't take each other too seriously in it, uh, but there is some good information in the podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. That said, here is episode 98, Ultra Light. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bird Shooter, and today we are going to talk about ultralight gear. We've got uh, three veterans of the podcast in the uh, studio, a studio recording today. We've got uh, Philip, a.k.a. 3Dub. We've got Mr. Beer Run himself, and we've got Therm Rider in the third chair. So, uh, fellas, welcome to the show. Coming in on a Saturday, beautiful day outside. We should be hiking. Any, should be any, hiking. any comments about that? Yeah, we should be hiking. Agreed. Agreed. Except it's supposed to rain in the morning, so that kind of... Well, you've got a big football game coming up here, too, uh, Thurm Rider, if I recall. Yeah, well, uh, they don't get any bigger than this, so you're right. That's true. <laughs> National championship. The dogs are playing on Monday, so uh, Thurm Rider's got a big party planned. But for now, we're going to focus on ultralight gear. So... Uh, Maybe to start us off here, um, well, let me ask you guys a question first. Last time the four of us were on a backpacking trip together. Anybody want to take a guess on that one? You looking for a date? Uh, well, the trip itself, and then if you know a date, that would be interesting to hear. It had to be the ranger field. That's what I was thinking. Wow, you guys are dead on. Do you remember when that was? Two years ago? No, it wasn't was that it? long, about a year and a half ago, right? Dude, I woke up and covered in ice. A little bit of condensation problem that night. Yeah, it was actually March of 21. We were on the Benton Mackay Trail, last four of us together. And uh, I don't know, Philip here, three dub, looks like he's ready to roll right out of the house and go up into the mountains. Is is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much. I uh, figured that about you. You came dressed for success there, uh, three dub, as as, uh, you usually do. All right, the goal tonight is to talk about ultralight gear. Uh, we had Philip, uh, a.k.a. 3Dub, uh, show us four kits earlier that he brought to the house, and they're quite impressive, actually. Uh, he's got a spring kit that he also uses in the fall. He's got a winter kit, and he's got a summer kit. They're very different. We'll talk about each one of those. Um, and you brought four different backpacks. What, what's the general weight there, uh Philip, between the different weights? Summer base weight's typically about five and a half, six pounds, uh, depending on certain different factors. And the uh, spring 
fall, it's usually a little bit more, um, just a little extra weight when it comes to you know, needing like a puffy or something. That's usually the biggest difference is the uh, sleeping bag and you know, really there's no shelter in the summer. <laughs> so I've been able to figure out a couple of different shelters in order to be able to mitigate different types of weather. Because that's usually what I end up trying to figure out whenever I go is what's the weather going to be like. So if it's not going to rain, go cowboy camp, you know, take the tarp and whether you use it or not is another story. If it's going to be really buggy, like in uh, late summer, uh, early fall, yeah, then I take something that will have some kind of a, a bug protection. But for the most part, it's not too, too bad. Summer, I mean, I can do the hammock for what, six, eight months out of the year, uh, for the most part, with mild weather, so. What, do you have a preference? Because uh, you showed us a tent set up, you showed us a hammock set up, and you showed us a um, tarp set up. Do you have a preference between the three? It depends on where I'm at here in the East Coast. Hammock. I just sleep so much better. Um, I'm more comfortable, you know, because it's your couch, your chair, your bed, your, you know. And it's just like uh, tarp camping. It's just, you know, a little higher off the ground. <clears throat> That's all. And uh, But I really like tarp camping and cowboy camping. Yeah, what, what led you to or inspired you to go ultralight? Because I have definitely hiked with you for a long time. You certainly had the large backpack at one time when i say large i mean probably 40 50 pounds at least what uh what sent you down the road to ultralight getting old and cranky <laughs> you know um believe it or not you know when uh because you still got your terraplane right i do um remember my old alpine you think that was what like a 55 liter pack something like that yep i think i usually averaged around 35 36 pounds um I was usually pretty good for a couple of days around that. Um, that was a good pack, and that was considered ultralight back in the day, you know, outside of what Jardine was doing. And uh, boy, I tell you, uh, remember when I sw swapped out the summer bag? What was that, the Osprey, like Tempest or Talon, which is only like a 30, 33 liter bag? Okay. And um, that's when I started swapping the summer stuff out. You know, um, and started you know tarp camping this for the summer. So I gotta I gotta go to Beer Run here because he um, has recently made the jump into ultralight, and so I'm curious to get your your uh, catalyst for the change. Uh, same as Phillips, age. <laughs> wow, that simple, huh? But I still value comfort over weight. Uh, well, that's understandable. Um, but you made the jump, what, we're talking last year? Yeah, probably. And you had kind of a more, um, uh, I guess, what's the right word here? You didn't go hardcore ultralight. No, I'm still transitioning. It's still, <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress. How would you, now we went through all uh, Phillips gear earlier here this evening. Um, how would you compare your ultralight situation to his? I think my base weight's probably still in the 15 to 18 pound range. Okay, so we should talk about base weight. Do you want to explain that real quick? I uh, mean, it's your bare essentials. It's your pack, it's your shelter, your sleeping bag, and whatever else you consider essential. For me, it's a pillow has to be on the list. Probably not in Phillips' world. I, actually, I do uh, carry a pillow sometimes as well. So, I mean, you know, yeah. He treats himself on occasion. That actually is a luxury, Adam. It's the pillow. 
Yeah, I, that was my one of my questions is luxury item. Hey, while we're on that, do you have a luxury item there, uh, beer run? Uh, beer. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Thermrider? I know you got some luxury items in there. Well, I'm a unique. I'm in a un- unique situation that uh, I have a 90 pound golden retriever that hikes with me, and so dogs can carry 10 percent of their body weight. So he carries nine pounds of stuff for me. So, he uh, carries nine pounds of beer. <laughs> that's, his that, dog. His dog's his beer meal. And sleeps on the ground. So I get... I, that bag doesn't get any lighter on the way back home either. Right. So fortunately, I get to carry a lot of luxury items in my backpack. Ah, okay. I got you. Do you have a favorite? My favorite is probably my sleeping bag and thermo-rest combo. combo. And... Yeah, I don't go anywhere without my speaker. Are those actually luxury items, though? Those sounds like more mandatory items. Well, in terms of weight, because I want a really solid uh, sleeping bag where the thermorest fits into it, doesn't slide out, and so I will take comfort over weight any any day when it comes to a sleeping bag. But well, that's fair. But the speaker is, I guess, the luxury item. I don't go anywhere without music. <laughs> So, Philip, I got to ask you, Mr. Three Dub, would you ever go back to the way you used to pack? Because I remember the old backpack. I remember the, the patches all over it. It was green. It had some kind of cool patches on it. Uh, would you go back is the question. Or are you done? I, not, you know, there's something really, to some degree, quite liberating, you know, uh, trying to get all that extra weight and stuff that, um, like the stove. Um I was going for stuff overnight and not necessarily really cooking meals anymore. I was just eating stuff on the go. So if it's just an overnight for a day, two or three, it's not a problem for me not to cook. If it's cold, that's when I usually probably take, you know, want to stove for like a hot meal either in the morning or, you know, at night. But for the most part, for most of the three season stuff, and I'm only going for a day or two now. Yeah, if, if it... The temperature, yeah. It, there's something comforting about having something like a warm meal or, you know, a hot cocoa or whatever, you know. So. There's always food on a stick. <laughs> That's the hot dog. That's the tried and true uh, beer run way to go. I thought he was going to say lizard, but, you know. <laughs> w- you can cook it on a stick. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. His kids catch a lot of interesting critters out there. <laughs> Absolutely. That is true. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, 3-Dub has witnessed that. So, all right. Philip, aka Three Dub, let's talk about your ultralight gear for a second. Um, you've got four kits, as we said, that you shared today. Compare and contrast your four kits: weights, um, how they vary, um, that sort of thing. Um, so it really depends on how basic you want to go. Um, the Palante, I actually travel with that. So if I do like a Camino or something abroad. It's a perfect size pack for, you know, just the bare essentials that you need and just to grab and go. Um, I've got. Um, you I say, really. You say Palante. You got to tell us what that is. Palante simple pack. Fuller, that sounds like a dance that you used to do back in the day. It sounds like a cheese that I like to eat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really like this pack. Uh, they, it's, they, that's why they call it the simple pack, is because it's just the bare essentials. I love the little kangaroo pocket on the bottom. Um, 
for just my snacks because that's always seems to be the hardest thing for me to try and figure out is what I'm going to do with the stuff that I am going to use during the day. Stuff it in the bottom of that thing. I'm really surprised that, that I really like that pack. And it was perfect for, um, you know, just traveling Europe and abroad, things like that. So the kangaroo pouch, that was interesting. I can't believe the stuff stays in that. Did you guys did you guys see the kangaroo pouch? I did. So okay. it's interesting because it, it's only one side, right, that it slips in underneath. Right. So um, we, we, were, we were actually discussing that. So you said that, and I was thinking, okay, if it's packed tight, though, then it probably yeah. cinches a little bit, right? Yeah, so when you um, – so I always put my sleep clothes, things like that, in the very bottom. Then I put my sleeping bag into the bag. Anything that I want to keep dry, and then I just squash it right down. I the main reason I don't use uh, a stuff sack for a lot of this stuff is because it actually takes the shape better. Uh, when I was packing with stuff sacks before, there were always little gaps and things in the bag that were just not, you know, um, being utilized, and it was just I would need more volume. But because, you know, now I'm actually utilizing all the space, you know, with uh, just stuffing everything in the bottom and then putting it in a compactor bag to, you know, tie it off. But yeah, that, it, it, it's a more efficient way of packing. That was one of the things you demonstrated earlier there, uh, Philip. was you had some bags that were interesting. You said Gossamer Gear, they make, uh, what, you can get three for five bucks. This, instead of using a big heavyweight compactor bag to kind of keep your stuff inside warm, you can buy those from Gossamer Gear, is that right? I yeah. thought that was interesting. I'd never seen them before. Yeah, and they're a little bit more contoured for the back, so you don't have all this extra material. Yeah. Because initially, when I got just a regular, you know, 13-gallon, you know, uh, compactor bag, there was usually a lot of extra material. Yeah. This is definitely more form-fitting for the... Uh, for the bags we use. Beer on that might help you, too, if you get a little leak in your beer. Um, you won't have beer soaking through your pack. I pack my beer very carefully. <laughs> I've never had a leak on the trail. <laughs> okay. And I use mine. I use a uh, trash bag, tried and true, because it serves two purposes. Oh. If I have a leak, it goes straight into the uh, trash bag, and I'm going to use it when I get to the, uh, the campsite. We'll be carrying the garbage back, too. I, I yes. got to be honest, though, Three Dubs uh, bags, you definitely, they were much more durable than your standard kind of trash bag. Obviously, a con contractor bag is going to be thicker, but um, I was impressed. For five bucks, if you can get three of those, I'm going to buy some of those. Yeah, I think it's two or three that you get with them. But uh, they also sell uh, polycryo ground sheets. Oh, fancy. That was the one thing that, yeah, it's basically the film that you put over the windows uh, to shrink wrap the windows. Sounds space age. Uh, it works. Wow. Uh, it's surprisingly... I've probably got literally hundreds and hundreds of miles out of one. And, I mean, it looks like crap, but, you know, it. there's no holes in it. It's fine. You know, it's just crinkled and dirty and dusty. and uh, But, yeah, it works like a charm, and they're not they're cheap. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Cheap. I mean, it, it, I guess you could technically, yeah, you don't carry a pack cover because you have those, correct? Right. Well, um, so that's the reason why you have the internal pack liner, is if you... If it does rain, then I carry an umbrella too to keep the rain off of you know my me and my pack. But my pack is waterproof to a large degree. Okay, well, that makes sense. And how much is that umbrella weigh? <laughs> Eight ounces. 
Yeah, wait, wait, did you give us the weights of your each one of your kits again? Can you repeat those again? There were four different kits. So summer is around five and a half to six. Um, the spring and fall ones are probably going to be around nine. Wait, now, are we talking base weight here? Yeah. Oof. Wow. That's then, amazing. Uh, for the winter, it's right around 12. Now, what about fully loaded? Like, so you're talking base weight, which again is tent. Mm -hmm sleeping bag and um so typically i carry one liter of water so that's three pounds on the liter um and then if uh two pounds per day of food what are we talking fully loaded like uh load a high on your your four different kits that you were uh, showing 16 us. 18 pounds is average you know oh, 16, 18. um and that that's for like three days that's fully loaded three days it's three days holy crap when's I the last time the beer run and therm rider carried a, a 20 pound pack I can tell you, hiking out uh, with everything used, my weight's probably double that. <laughs> I'm usually under 20 on the way out. Ah, man. Okay. So, really, you really are, because you've slimmed yes. down lately. Yes. What, what about going in? Oh, geez, 50? <laughs> <laughs> now, I notice there's a big difference in it weight. It depends there. on whether we get there at 3 in the afternoon or, you know, 9 in the evening. <laughs> ah, I got it. So, that has something to do with your trail name. I, I understand now. My, okay. my pack's about 60 pounds. Wow, yeah. Fully loaded. You guys are traveling a little different than... I've also so, been known to return to the car on, on certain occasions. I, I am not... <laughs> for I am not extra gear. I'm not traveling light, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, so, you know, this is the one thing that I think a lot of people might want to, you know, consider. Um, just some of the strategies to try and figure out how to lighten the load. You know, whether it's your budget, whether it's, you know, um, your comfort level, thing like that. That's all going to be what you, what, you know, you guys saw my summer mattress. Yeah, that's no weight. You guys are probably going to enjoy that. But like I said, it's all about site selection then when it comes to using such thin pads. Um, but using an air mattress most of the time, you know, that mitigates most of that anyway and that's costing me maybe what a pound or so you know in difference so you know that's more than worth it you know for being able to sleep comfortably um you know budget has a lot to do with it if somebody's starting out trying to do this from scratch it's okay so the sleeping bag depending or the quilt that you might get is going to be nominally more expensive but if you're going to be doing a long hike understand this tent for six eight hundred dollars is going to be your rent for the next six months okay when you extrapolate that out okay you can make now if you were just backpacking three four five times in a year you know that's a different you know budget calculation same thing on the sleeping bags and quilts I think people make a little bit more um, they can use them for more things than just backpacking you know they can travel with them for a weekend they can take them you know for just an overnight or just you know as a throw uh, they've got a lot more uses for them uh, the backpack could be similar too that's one thing I like about the simple pack is because I can use it for much more things than just camping and I've gone on literally months long walks with just a 36 liter pack and been just fine but it's not for everybody you know sleeping on the ground under a tarp does take really getting used to <laughs> Yeah. yeah, my sleeping on the bare ground days are long behind me. Oh. But I think everybody can find, if you're a weekend warrior, 
you want to go lighter. You don't want to spend a ton of money. There's there's gear out there, reasonably uh, cost you know effectively. Yeah. So and comfortably. Can you imagine if you're just dropping five pounds or even ten pounds off of a thirty pound, thirty five pound, forty pound pack? Okay, it's still a thirty, thirty two pound pack, but that's a lot of weight off of our hips, our ankles, our back, our shoulders, our mind. You know. Um, oh, the mental thing. I like that. Yeah, well, that's actually part of the the thing that I think that I really enjoy about the ultralight is I'm not worried about the weight anymore. That the weight's not the problem. It's, you know, uh, what mountain am I having to you know climb and overcome right now to get to the top? And, you know, um, and I don't have a problem with climbing anymore. All right, so, hey, you know, I'm going to come back to you, Philip, for a question that uh, I'm curious to ask, and I'm going to actually bring it to uh, Beer Run as well. Mistakes that you made in the first run at Ultralight. Yeah, well, you know, it kind of comes down to the weather thing, making sure you plan properly. So if you have a smaller tarp, you know, you kind of have to have your your stuff, get, you know, dialed in in order to be able to, you're not going to wake up soaking wet. Um, so there is a learning curve. Mayhan... Biran, have you? Uh, I mean, you're kind of new to the ultralight, and I would call you—I wouldn't call you ultralight. I would call you refining your pack. Um, but I mean, any any sharings that you can have for the listeners here? I'm proceeding with caution, but the biggest uh, factor, I guess, or, or the where I've gotten caught is is skimping on the sleeping bag, maybe underestimating the coolness of the evening okay i can see uh, that yeah i've gone quilt instead of sleeping bag and it dropped down 10 degrees colder than i expected and uh you know i had to really cinch in and maybe add a layer but but that's all i've really run into okay and and back to you therm rider uh you are still heavyweight all the way um yeah for me it's i want to pack basically everything i have at home in my pack and bring it with me mm. <laughs> but i within reason i mean i still I would say my pack, fully packed, is even with alcohol or whatever that I'm imbibing, it's no more than 50 pounds max. Okay. Well, to Thermrider's point, the easiest way to start lightening your load is to shrink your pack. If you don't have 60 liters worth of space, you can't take 60 liters worth of gear. So that was your strategy, basically. You went from a 65... I went from a 70 to a 48. Liter pack. Yes. Okay. So, but, that... my, but my backpack is three and a half pounds, and it's because I don't want, I, you know, I want it to form fit my back. I don't want it to hurt my hips. I don't want it to hurt my lower back. You know, so that when I get to the camp, my back feels completely fine. So, Philip, um, let's let's talk for a second about how your cooking method with ultralight, because you gave me some little wee stove that I saw. What what is the name of that stove? First of all, I mean, it was about the size of my pinky. Yeah, and that might have um, been generous. Yeah, a titanium stove that I got at Carl Denig in Amsterdam, um, and it works really well. And yeah, it is tiny. It is tiny. Um, but no, I, look, when the weather gets a bit cold, there's nothing better than having a hot cup of coffee in the morning. You know, um, a nice meal in the evening. Usually, though, when it's not that, you know, cold outside. I snack. That's all I really do. Uh, everything I do is I just snack bars and granola and, you know, everything that's on the go. Anything that I don't have to cook, 
There, there's someone in the studio that's very familiar with snacking. The snack monster is uh, actually with us this evening, so he can relate. <laughs> Who's been very quiet as opposed to some previous podcasts. Well, you're, uh, you're, you're suggesting that I don't like to snack and eat. I like to snack on the trail and have a full meal when I get there. So. You know, usually you're, there's some crinkling going on in the background when I'm trying to do one of these podcasts. I think there might have been a specific catalyst to that snacking, but we don't need to go there. <laughs> oh, perhaps. That might be true. People don't normally make fajitas uh, on the trail. I mean, come on. Not in cellophane. <laughs> So how often do you go, uh, I guess we'd call it cold, with your food? No stove, you go stoveless. How, how often there, uh, three Probably times? 80% of the time. 80%. What in the world do you eat? Uh, I love Kind Bars. I love Kind Bars. Uh, I can't stand the... Uh, uh, the Lara Bars are pretty decent. Uh, I like the Larry's Cookies, the Protein Cookies. Um, the Builder's Bars are, are actually pretty decent as well for the protein. I'm not a, uh, a big candy person, but I eat a lot of like uh, M&M peanuts because of the protein. I like, um, I take a lot of stuff. So like when I go out for the first day or two, uh, I usually eat things that are somewhat perishable. So I'll take cabbage like a coleslaw and eat it for a day or two. Uh, <laughs> beer runs tickled over here about something. I'm kind of curious. I got to ask. Oh, no. It was just the uh, boondog groan that <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. chuckled. Like, Why we, are you we guys have... talking so much? Stop <laughs> yeah. talking. We, we, to have a, we have a dog in the room that likes to jingle his collar, drink water, scratch himself, and uh, it's uh, you might have noticed a little of that in the background. How? Yeah, and, and Bird Shooter, I don't know if you can work out an endorsement deal here, but uh, i got to plug the Johnsonville pre-cooked brats. If you oh. want to go stoveless, you can still eat a nice warm meal, cut yourself a little uh, branch, put a couple of brats on the end, hover them over the fire, 20 minutes, you're, yeah, you know, you're eating a nice hot meal. Yeah, there, there's plenty of strategies to do exactly that uh, because that stuff has got a half-life of how long? I don't know, so 27 years? Yeah, yeah, but it'll last at least a couple of days, and you can have eat all that stuff over the course of a couple of days. I'm sure there's no carcinogens in all the uh, preservatives that they stick in that thing. You're out in the woods. You're exercising. I mean, how bad? It can't be any worse than any of the Sour Patch Kids and things like that. But I would think that um, anything that you can get to create variety in your diet that you just don't have to cook. Because uh, I use the cabbage, I throw it in, you know, if I'm doing a ramen, then I'll just throw it in the, you know, peanut butter jar and walk with it for an hour and fill it up, stir it up, and it, it works well. It works well. And I've heard you found an additive for the uh, Mountain House Chili Mac that makes it excellent. What is that? The Fritos. Oh, well, the Fritos. And they can double up as fire starters as well. Yeah. Yes, I they can. You know, if you're looking to go super <laughs> ultralight, yeah, so true. can Vaseline. Um, hey, but back to the, the back to the brilliance of your um, your bratwurst, or it could even be a hot dog. Not only can you cook without carrying a stove, but you can also cook for children very quickly. I, I noticed. I've been very impressed. Can we talk about that quickly? Your speed to no stove, you use the, what are those uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Oh, the Uncrustable. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Smucker's Uncrustable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are uh, a brilliant invention. Yes. Well, they're you, lightweight. Um, no stove required. Plenty of... Absolutely delicious. 
Yes. Yeah, you you beer run have definitely mastered the uh, lightweight, no cooking, quick feeding method. I've also found that on an overnight trip, it's handy to bring another an extra couple of those uh, smoked brats in case one of your companions dumps his food on the ground. Are you saying that might have? Are you saying that might have happened in the past? Uh, I've seen it more than once. Every time. Gen generally accompanied with some not kid-friendly language. <laughs> well, another another trick if you're just doing an overnight hike is, um, for for real, I, I like to have a a big meal, and uh, so if I'm going to do burritos or fajitas or whatever, uh, I chop up all my vegetables in advance, put the seasoning on them, and then put them in just a neoprene container, yeah. and throw it in the freezer. And then that way, when you're on the hike, it really doesn't weigh anything. It just takes up space. Uh, when you get at the top of the mountain, it really is not even, uh, it doesn't thaw out until about, if you're, if you're leaving first thing in the morning, it doesn't even thaw out until about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It takes all day to thaw out. Right. So it's, it's perfect because you don't have to worry about it uh, spoiling in any way. And, and this, this is in the heat of summer. What what are we talking weight wise? Because uh, I Thermrider, I've been the beneficiary of your your uh, very clever fajitas. yeah fajitas many times. What are we talking weight here? I, I mean the tortillas are what that's the weight. The tortillas have the weight. I would say there's probably what six ounces in the, uh, in the, the tortillas. Peppers and onions and stuff that you usually have. Yeah, but uh, and the chicken again, right? I I press them down and uh, try and squish them so tight that there's no water in them, and so really it's I can put. Uh, the meat, well, basically everything that I'm going to put uh, in a one single Nalgene that does not weigh much. And what I do is I don't buy, I basically buy the chicken meat that is shrink wrapped. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's already, you know, it's, it's already been minimized on, on weight. And so really the only weight that you have is if you want to take any sauces, which that's what I used to do. I used to take the salsa packets with me, but now I've stopped doing that just because they can leak. They do add a lot of weight, and uh, you really you can, it, all you have to do is add the spices to the vegetables beforehand, and they're marinating in that as they thaw, so you get all the you get all the flavor that you need from that. So, so what, what about the giant wok that you generally prepare this in? <laughs> <laughs> what does that thing weigh? Uh, oh, you, well, <laughs> probably, probably more than three doves entire <laughs> kit. I, yeah, probably. I do carry a skillet with me, and I throw that in my backpack. And yes, that is about a one. That's a one pound skillet that I probably carry with me, right? So, so. Thermorider, what I hear you saying is basically that your efforts to go ultra lighter, you're no longer carrying salsa. Well, I'm not. I'm not traveling. It's a process. <laughs> it's a process. It's a process. Well, let me let me just say this. One beer can or two little canisters of salsa, the salsa's got to go. I mean, that's one extra beer I get to carry. So uh, it's a trade-off, right? But again, typically I'm doing a one-nighter. There's a guarantee it will be consumed. Right. He also it, has the luxury of a pack mule. That's how he goes backpacking his dog. That poor dog. That's true, that poor dog. And, and it's a little a, bit different for me. I never do more than a one- or two-night hike, so yeah. I'm not doing more than you know 10 miles in a weekend uh, you didn't do four caminos or was it five in a single summer they're uh three four. up no. we did four, four. okay no. well, so yeah. it's nice to have the free time my perspective <laughs> is a little bit different well so 
a lot of times when it comes to cooking, um, I take into consideration smells too. So I'm usually eating an hour before I even get to camp. But that's when you're hiking every day, all day. Doing it overnight, things like that. Yeah, um, even I've had the benefit of the old brats. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm definitely ultralight at the benefit <laughs> of somebody else carrying the brats for me and saying, uh, yeah, I don't want to carry them back. You want one? You know, I've been known to backpack with someone who frequently stops at Taco Bell on the way into the woods. He has no consideration I'm, for smell. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I recall Excuse me, he or she, I won't uh, uh, isolate anyone. So what you're saying is beanie weenies are a no-no? Do you not carry those into the... Uh, oh, I didn't say that. Backwards? I was just saying Taco Bell he, on the way in. didn't say that at all. To the trailhead yeah, I mean, is a bad decision. Well, remember, uh, what was it, the old cold cut combo attracted the black bear on Wolf Laurel and... Cow rock, so yeah. I just, once they got a scent of beat on that, they would not let me go. So three to um, one advantage you have, I think, in the ultralight world is you never ever take beer into the backcountry, or do you occasionally? Yeah, it's usually one or two. That's okay, it, that's, well, that's one or two is yeah. not bad. I have noticed though, if there are any extras, three dub has never turned one day. Well, you know, <laughs> that is. <laughs> that is part of the ultralight ethos. So we have to discuss here, actually. Nothing what, what, like Yogi and a beer. What then that's trail magic. Yeah, yeah, that would be trail magic. <laughs> what, what is the strategy, though, for uh, for light and light ultralight uh, spirit consumption? I guess would be the question. There are a variety of of options. Uh, I mean, you know, there's powdered lemonade and bourbon. There's wow. straight, good, solid whiskey. Wow, you seem like you're uh, well schooled in this tactic. Uh, you know, there's wines a little lighter than beer. Fill yeah. an algae full of wine. will get you through half an evening. Okay. Oh, the spice cider season uh, packets uh, yeah. are great. Bird Shooter, you're an expert at the cold weather <laughs> bourbon and spice cider drink. I mean, I, I, admit, I love that. Yeah, I admit I've been... It uh, does take some water and, and, and a stove, but... Uh, true, accurate. What What about... Uh, I mean, I'm curious to hear Mr. Ultralight Guy's uh, thoughts here. You know, liquor is quicker. Oh, so he's a you liquor know, guy. A I, don't see, I don't see you scotch. carry a lot of liquor. I usually carry just like a little, um, what is it, like a half pint, smaller, little plastic vial. Okay. Oh, but the, you... the dehydrated beer, don't oh, even no, no, no. think oh. about trying that yeah. stuff. I've it is it. nasty. nasty. You know, oh, it's gross. <laughs> to be honest. It's, it's like a packet, like Splenda packet. It's disgusting. Are you kidding me? For pound for yeah, pound, if you really gross. want to go lightweight, have a good evening, go back to your college days. Oh, get, a, get some, get some a small bottle of PGA, some Kool Aid powder, and go hunch punch, baby. Do they, do they still uh, the Ben's school. Farm still? I did. I didn't realize that they still sell that. Stuff. No, no. This is the hardcore. <laughs> this is 180 proof. Oh, wild turkey the PGA. Uh, no, the hunch punch. Yeah. Oh, well. you know, you don't have a trash can in the backcountry, but you have an algae. Use those. <laughs> I'm not sure I know what hunch punch is actually. It's uh, PGA and Kool Aid. What PGA? What's what's Everclear. that? Pure grain alcohol. Everclear. Oh, oh okay. One eighty gotcha. proof. Wow. Okay, that sounds uh, so dangerous. So a little goes a long way. Yeah, interesting. Uh, when we used to go to our uh, Chili Willy Hole in Colorado, that was the go-to. I'm pretty sure uh, that's you know, that's good for your liver, right? And one, you know, half liter of uh, PGA and go you know, for a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. So. I got to switch gears here a little bit because another question I had, and um, this is going to go first to you, three dub, and then to Beer Run because I can't wait to hear your comments. Actually, Thermrider's comments might be most interesting. I noticed online that there were a lot of comments about, "Hey, just 
get rid of the de deodorant. Don't bring it. You don't need it. You know, um, any comments about that? If you're on a multi-day trip, no deodorant does not sound like a good thing. I've gone years without deodorant. Wow. Deodorant yeah. just covers the scent. It doesn't solve it. I mean, if you really want to clean your armpits, take some a little bit of alcohol, an alcohol swab, and, and well, you're good to go. Interesting. I like so that. So, like on the East Coast, you've got really good access to water, so it's really easy to just wash the salt and the sweat out of your shirt, your hat, you know, your pits and, you know, the crevices. Um, it's much more difficult out west. Maybe a couple of baby wipes and a Ziploc, you can you can really uh, help things along a long that way. way. Wow, actually those way. baby wipes go a long way in some other I'm ways. sure they do for someone who eats Taco Bell before he enters the woods every time. <laughs> That's accurate. Thurman Rider, you've been unusually quiet here. I can't believe you don't have a comment. I'm, uh, I have a different perspective because I'm a true southerner, so... Uh, I was raised that, uh, you know, you, you uh, have a certain uh, etiquette that you have to follow, so... <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> when, when it comes to smell, or, or maybe it's just my OCD that I don't like certain smells, so here's the deal. If, if you're hiking alone, who cares? Don't wear deodorant. I don't even care if you bathe. You can smell like three-day-old old socks. That's fine. But if you're hiking with a group, come on, man. you got to put some deodorant in the pack. I mean, you, they sell mm. little travel-sized deodorant. It weighs next to nothing. Mm. Takes up hey. very little space. To each their own, you know, hike you know, own it, hike. It, it, If you don't take that, I mean, if you're a hippie, take some patchouli, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, well, you got to have something to match. I, 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 I will tell you. is preferred to uh, patchouli, just well, but for the record. I, you know, to be honest, a lot of times that I... To me, when it comes to the smells of hikers, it's both the clothes and also the oils on your skin. Actually, the pack, and too. Like, a lot of well, the You have to sweat. wash your pack straps out. Yeah, exactly. totally. You have to, I, yeah. I did that. And uh, you will be surprised, literally, just all the salt and the dirt that will come out of your straps, your hip belt and things. But it's also all this stuff. You got to clean your stuff as you go. And... The East Coast, I didn't think was a problem. It was easy to keep clean. You know, you do something like the Camino, you can have a laundry every th third or fourth day. Uh, out West, it is a lot more difficult. Um, it's sweat, right? Well, sweat, it's just sweat, the dirt sweat. and the dust, too. Yeah. Um, and that really sticks to you. But yeah, that, that was a challenge. Well, the other thing is, if you're in the East, you know, there, you have just so much wood available on the ground. Mm -hmm. And the smoke smell covers everything so if you can have a fire and you can dry your stuff by the fire i love the smell of of the campfire and so if you can smell if you can throw your stuff by the campfire and everything smells like a campfire right. you know what i love that smell so that's not offensive to me i'm just thinking of like Three-day-old Brad Pitt. I don't want to run into that guy. Uh, so <laughs> there's a lot of women that would. Go back to the uh, spirit conversation for a second. You know, a little dab of uh, pure grain alcohol goes a long way. <laughs> Under the armpits. Uh, hot armpits, wherever. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. clever. I like that. That's that's I mean, a strategy. It's a good Good consumable alcohol and cleanliness, but. You gotta do what you gotta Sometimes do. Sometimes you gotta sanitize. Yeah. Roll, roll a thumb. If you can smell yourself, you. It's probably time to take a bath. Yeah. Wow. Hey, can, yeah. while we have um, Beer Run here, I have one question because I know he has 
uh, important duties the rest of the day. And one of the things going ultralight that helped me that I'd love to discuss with, with uh, Beer Run is the Helinox Zero. So first of all, 3-Dub, I noticed you don't carry a camp chair. That, that was disturbing in your ultralight pack kit. Um, so, well, a lot of times uh, I carry a hammock, so I'm usually kind of strung up somewhere just hanging. But I have a tendency to stand around a campfire instead of sit around one. So Okay. So you don't need it. In, in fairness to 3-Dub, I've noticed he generally goes to bed around 7 p.m. Yeah. He's not one to... Y'all are pretty long. thankful, though, when you get up and there's a roaring fire at that going. In all fairness to 3-Dub, his, uh, his lady is very quick to grab a chair when, yes. when you <laughs> vacate it. That he didn't carry up the mountain, or she didn't. <laughs> I will no yes. longer make that mistake. Along with whatever spirits may be. Yes, around. you better protect them. Uh, so the Helinox Zero, big game changer for me. Um, but I've had a little bit of trouble with my weight in the Helinox Zero. Any any comments from the peanut gallery? Well, I, I could recommend Bird Shooter that there's only certain body types really designed for the Helinox Zero. Helinox makes a broad range of, of luxury items. Heavy broad ass trails. isn't one of them. Are you talking uh, about an eighty pound sixteen year old? Uh, well, no, no, no. <laughs> Heavier weight chairs that maybe are more designed for someone certain people's uh, body type than the zero. I think the zero you don't really sit in it; you kind of ride it. Oh, is that the problem? <laughs> uh, is go. that why I have a history of it's, taking out the? It's, it's not really something you dig into the ground and start, uh, you know, doing the two step in. Uh, all I can tell you is I've broken. Maybe three Helinox Zeros. Now you, you break two, yeah. I think bird shooter yes, yes, should for, not. For an extra eight ounces, you can upgrade to the next level and not break anything. Which is the what? Was that the REI it's Flex the, one? It's just the Helinox. Yeah. I don't know that it has a. That's but, like an extra pound, though, isn't it? No. Do you want to break one at 100 bucks a pop every time you go out? Uh, yeah. bird, <laughs> bird shooter should not change his. his uh, uh, change out his seating because it is very entertaining to watch him and, and wonder and take bets if it's going to break on this trip. Which goes back to your whole, your whole ultralight. Is it face front or is it all the way back? It's creaking. You it's creaking. To, uh, is it going to give on this one? Come on. It's very entertaining. The ultralight <laughs> gear that you're going to purchase to your lifestyle. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, you can't buy a six ounce chair if you weigh 350 pounds. <laughs> Wait, are you saying I weigh 350 pounds? I'm not pounds saying now. you weigh 350 pounds. I'm just throwing out. That ground does seem awful soft, though, doesn't it? Wow. Okay. And, you know, if it's rained for six days and you don't want your Helinox to dig into the ground and snap, maybe mm. sit on a log at night. Uh, well, you know, one time was not my fault, though. The, here's another, just for listeners. I think the Helinox Zero is a great product, although I may be too heavy for it. But um, the the issue with the Helinox Zero is if you're sitting around a campfire and the wind blows, it's so lightweight that it will go in the fire if the direction is... Well, another it's tip happened. for those yeah. uh, maybe unfamiliar with the, the Helinox Zero, it's, it weighs a pound. The wind yeah. blows, it's going over. So <laughs> if you tip it over onto its front before you go to tend to whatever business you need to tend to Correct. to get you away from the fire... Less likelihood of it... it Less likely to blow yeah. away. Yeah. And True. if you're willing to take on an, an additional six ounces, you can buy the G4 Free on Amazon for $40. And if you happen to not go ultralight at all and carry 15 beers into the woods and you're not going to remember to tip your chair, <laughs> 
you just have to take what happens. <laughs> Can we talk about the deuce of spades, though, actually? Because uh, uh, 3Dub brought this up earlier. The deuce of spades is a mega lightweight game changer. It was one of the things that really let me cut the weight. Are you familiar with the deuce? I have no idea what that is. The deuce? I don't eat Taco Bell. <laughs> so you don't need the deuce. I don't need it. Mr. Uh, 3Dub, would you like to talk about the deuce of spades? Titanium trowel. You know, so for you to dig your cat hole. Actually, I really like them, but, uh, and they weigh next to nothing. Yeah, what are we talking weight here? I mean, is it even like... It's 0.2 ounces, I think. 0.2. I think something like To that. dig a hole for you to yeah. take care of your Taco Bell. Yeah. I don't dig a hole with anything. I use the back of my foot. Well, you know, that was a tactic that was used when I was through hiking frequently. Yeah, so the, I got you. The heel of a boot or, you know, a good sturdy stick can... Can carve a nice little. So that's interesting. Know, but that's, go with zero, yeah, zero weight. Yeah, it's it's, it's not going to be deep enough. So and, you know, and there's still no guarantees. But um, the problem is, a lot of times animals are just going to come right behind us and start scattering that stuff. Last I checked, the animals don't dig holes; they just poop as they walk. No, well, that's that's that is true. <laughs> well, you got you so, got but what there. I use is the uh, what is it, the Vargo titanium snow stake. That thing is a weapon. Yeah, I saw and actually, that. I use the deuce of spades actually as um, sand anchors or snow anchors. And, what are we, what are we and while we're while we're on this topic, though, I think it's important to bring up how many campsites have we been to? Everyone been to in in this room where people did not walk far right. enough away from the campsite to do their business, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's that's if you want to be what what's be consistent about this. That's more important than anything. It's like if you go off the trail, wow. nowhere near a campsite, and it, it becomes it does not become as much of a problem as you know a heavily trafficked area and relieving yourself way too close to a campsite. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily I mean, toilet always... paper, trash, everything well, the, well, that the goes. Toilet paper with, uh, should be coming out. But yeah, it's, it's, but. The, the rest wow. of the stuff, it's going to decompose. What? But what I'm saying is, yeah. I, I don't think, I think can, that people... Can we go back and saw their... No, I'm not sure about out? that. No, but my what? As in out of the back of Yeah, carry it. There's some places oh, yeah. that are pretty strong on that one. Can we talk about toilet paper for a minute? Because first right. of all, but, sorry, but, first of all, if uh, I got to carry it out, I'm using the leaves. <laughs> no matter how uncomfortable it is, <laughs> I'm not packing that out. Yeah. Not to have it. Wow. What, if, yeah, what if you're yeah, in the desert? Out. Yeah, definitely pack it out. No. No. So uh, I will tell you, you know, you're right about a lot of these areas where people are literally just right off the trail, and then you say 15 things of toilet paper. There. Well, where your, where your bear story is yeah. going to come up in a minute. That place is yeah, it's like it's covered a public up. porta potty. It's oh, yeah. just covered in toilet yeah, paper. It's sad. Oh, sure. It's yeah. disgusting. Agreed. It's one of the most right. beautiful places on the planet. It's it's, 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 get, it's getting it's getting loved to death. Dude, that's your zen place. Like yeah, that was is. like your absolute <laughs> mega zen place. Like Will zen place. And right? by the way, what's wrong with just going and getting a really big rock and bam? There's no digging up. Hey, you know what? At that, point. that was a through hiker strategy in '94. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not yeah, sure it still is. Rock right on yeah. top of it, baby. Hey, so can we get back to TP? Because I went to some of these sites and they basically said, "Ditch the TP. Don't carry it." So. Uh, I think that gets back to the uh, odor that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> no, actually. Um, wow, I don't know. And hygiene. So believe it or not, you know, having a, uh, a little uh, bidet with you, a lot of people are going to that. 
So they have the squirt bottle? Yep. How, how they sure that? are. I'm not <laughs> kidding. So you, you would need to be by a river then, right? So that it would well, draw from the river? On the East what? Coast, that's even worse. most likely your access to water is going to be a lot easier. Yeah. It's, you're going to be a lot more limited in other places. Well, I mean, but you're, you're right. Your water bottle is a squirt bottle. Just give yep. a, little, a little sport bottle squirt. Wow, what if you a different don't nozzle in the right direction? Yeah, it's, it's a oh, basic cold. Bidet. That's what it is. Well, I mean, you just grab uh, sand, the sand, sandy again. bottom of a creek, well, really, you're if you're going to do that. I, I, I don't do that. <laughs> I wow. mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Okay. Well, so all of that waste is supposed to be at least, what, 200 feet away from any source of water. So that's why yeah, you exactly. have to have it in a bottle. You know, uh, to be able to take it away from Look at that. You know, to be responsible. How often that is. So, so a little spritzer on the butt's going to do it for you? Is that what you're telling He's a frequent uh, flyer. Works for me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, but I don't know all about right. all that. Um, we're, we're about to lose Beer Run. Any, can we ask Beer Run some final comments here about the ultralight <laughs> method? You're, you're kind of in the middle. You haven't kind of completely migrated to ultralight. But you're getting closer. You're working your way there. Your Unlike Thermrider. Your back's going to get you there. I think Thermrider might be going in the other direction, by the way. He's yeah. trying to get his pack heavier. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, he's just going to add more dogs until he has a whole sled team. Come on <laughs> out. That's funny. Uh, I guess my final comments on, on the... First of all, do your research. Yeah. And adjust it to what's comfortable for you. You know, if, if, you, like to, if you sleep cold, by all means, don't skip on your sleeping bag. You know, if you're uh, if you're gonna look at the mountain ahead of you and not want to go way around it and just charge up it, get a pack that can handle some brambles, and uh, you know, just check it out. Don't go overboard. Take it slowly. There's lots of online gear swap places. If you buy something wrong, you can get rid of it and, and change out. Our buddy uh, Bono could. Give you some tips on that one. Oh yeah, Reggie, aka Bono. <laughs> he trades gear like yeah, like I trade underwear. That's accurate. You know, he was. You know, Phil, Philip, you were the first. Three Dub was the first to really make the movement, and then Reggie, aka Bono, was kind of second. And you weren't far behind him there. Uh, well, yeah, you were actually far behind him, but now you're on it. I'm about to be the again. Next one. I'm not going to be an eight pound guy ever. I don't think. I'm pretty sure that Thermrider's not going that direction. I don't think he'll be under 30 in his lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get attached to things, too. There's certain things that I have in my pack that I've been using for years, and I'm not ready to, like, it, I know there's alternatives to it that are lighter, and I'm just not ready to let them get it. Is... One parting thought before I do have to go, but just don't take something you don't need. There are a lot of things that are convenient or easy, you know, can you give luxury us, items. Can you give us an example? Well, I mean, if I go in the backcountry, I have a sleeping bag, I have a sleeping pad, both very nice and comfortable, a tent, a cook stove, a copper pot, and maybe a cha change of underwear and water and food. That's it. That's all I have. I don't have, and a spork. That's it. Sometimes. Well, Sometimes I have to bum a sport from people uh -oh. who have extras. Uh-oh. Right, let's talk <laughs> about the Let's sport. talk about the sport because that's a... Uh... Yeah, that's a... That's a that's if a you hobby. leave the sport behind, there's always a stick. You can always fashion something. I think 3-Dub has an opinion about the sport. It's not a fork. It sucks as a fork. It sucks as a spoon. Wow. Sucks as a sport. Okay. Get a spoon. That's just a personal opinion. <laughs> I, I found 3-Dub that they don't really make the ultralight spoon, which is really what you need. You can't eat a mountain house without a spoon. You don't need a spork. It just jabs into the side of your mouth. 
But that's what they sell at Lightweight. <laughs> so hey, you take what you can buy. So what we're talking about, Lightweight, what about underwear? Do you really need underwear? I usually don't take it, actually. Oh, it's boy. A Let's go again. Everything is a risk. We're talking about hygiene again. Yeah, my boys need a house. <laughs> Yeah. So, three dub. You say you don't wear it or you don't take spare? Let, let's go around the room. Three dub. Underwear, yes or no? Yep. Are we talking wearing or spare? Uh, either one. Your choice. Both. Wear, I always wear, wear underwear. Wear and spare. And, and I take a spare. And spare yeah. Wear and spare. So you guys both? Yeah. I'm the only one that doesn't take underwear? No, no, no. Apparently. I, wait, wait a minute. Out of everything that you take, <laughs> underwear's not <laughs> Are you saying I take a lot of things on the trail? You trail? take so many things that I don't even own at home. <laughs> you take them in the back. Can, can we have an example, please? I would like to know. But can I have an example, please? I went on a trip with you one time, and you had a bag labeled Second Day Clothing. <laughs> oh, well, that was accurate. <laughs> I was wondering if it was like a tuxedo or something. When I go, it's break in case of emergency. <laughs> I, I, I actually can't deny that. <laughs> He's 100% correct. And your medicine kit is bigger than the one that I keep in my house. Okay. All right. Wow. No, you're, you're kitchen alone. I have a spork and a cup slash pot. I've That's trimmed it. down. I've trimmed down, actually. Now I take a mountain house and a spoon. You're, you're, you don't believe me. Well, that's because I'm eating your hot dogs. Yeah, later. I was going to say. Well, well, you probably skipped the mountain house, but you definitely have, but you have three spoons. <laughs> oh, that's Most funny. likely he spilled it. Mm. No, he doesn't spill his mountain houses, but he never opens it because he eats. Uh, I, I, yeah, I eat, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's an ultralight strategy yes, right there. Is. Yogi it is a very good ultralight Just eat someone strategy. else's food. <laughs> Oh, the best yeah. ultralight mantra is, what are we having tonight, guys? <laughs> I don't know. It depends uh, on what you're making. <laughs> wow. Are we really being helpful to the listeners here? Not at all. I, if you can yogi, yogi. <laughs> hey, wow. it works. It works. Okay. But don't depend on yogi because you may spill your food. <laughs> so, Bird Shooter, I wanted to point it out that uh, I really like your uh, furniture. Um the studio looks nice. Thank you. Uh, it was a uh, kind of lucky, actually. My father-in-law had a uh, he retired, and I scored some new furniture. So, welcome to the new studio. Well, it fits well, and it looks really good. It looks very professional. Well, thank you. All right, three dub. Back to you. I got to ask you: tent versus tarp versus hammock. So. You showed me three different options, all very interesting. Uh, the tarp looks the lightest, yeah. But uh, compare and contrast. Yeah, it just depends on the scenario. Um, you can use the tarp in all situations. Just depends on if you have maybe a bivy for bugs, uh, which will increase the weight a little bit. If maybe you just have a head net, you know, with a hat, that might be something that may work. Um, well, depends actually, on the time of year. Actually, can I ask you about the bivy? So, how does that work? Um, is it like a mesh screen or? Yeah. Uh, so, all it really is is just a liner for around, you know, your sleeping bag and your um, your mattress. It helps keep the wind off of it, so you can retain that basically your shelter. But you have a mesh over, you know, the top, you know, from the shoulders up. And but it, but it breathes, so you get plenty of moisture that goes mm -hmm. out. It doesn't. You yeah. don't have to worry about it 
collecting moisture on it. So that's always going to be the concern on a bivy because you'll probably get some condensation maybe down by your feet mm -hmm. uh, where it doesn't breathe as much. A lot of people will just usually shake it a little bit to try and keep uh, uh, some of that from happening. Um, just depends on the, you know, the temperature rating and what you're actually... Um, a lot, if it's warm enough, you don't even use the bivy. You probably just might want to use a head net and a ball cap. Depends on how bad the bugs are. That's all. That's a great point. I didn't think about the bugs. What about weights? Can we talk about weights? So, tarps right now are what? Uh, about 12 ounces. You can get them a little bit lighter if they're Dyneema. That's for like a polysil. Um, and that's what, like either a 15 or a 20D. I think 10 by 10 uh, tarp. Uh, the Dynemas, you can get them down to like eight and a half ounces for like a 10 by 10. I think even the Hyperlite, that's an eight and a half by eight and a half. Uh, I think that one's like stupid, like like 10 ounces, something like that. Okay. If what I are, remember correctly. What about, what are you going to do tent wise? So I really like the Z-Packs duplex. The Altiplex I like as well. I've got both. Um, I just got uh, the Durston X-Mid 2 Pro, which is a Dyneema tent with also a Sil Poly uh, ground uh, sheet underneath. That, I think, weighs about 22 ounces, I believe, something like that, maybe 24. Uh, the Duplex, that is like 21 ounces or so. The Altiplex, I think, is just slightly, you know, a little bit less than that. And, and you don't save a ton of weight with a hammock, is that correct? Not really. Um, so I use the, uh, what is it, the Grand Trunk Ultralight. It's only like a nine-foot uh, hammock. I think that's around nine ounces or so. Wow, that's super light, actually. Well, you can get, I've got the, what is that, the Sub-7 that Eno has with the whoopee slings. I think all in that's about 12 something like that i guess i guess where you get burned though is when you start adding the under quilt and those things right because then you end up being in the tent category yeah, which is 20 ounces right yeah so i don't um what i end up doing is i take i've got a uh, enlightened equipment convert a 30 degree uh synthetic apex and I use that, what I do is it's got an open foot box and a full length zipper. And what I do is I just cocoon it uh, into the hammock. Hmm. So I put the hammock through the, it's not, you know, ideal, but for two and three season, it's actually really quite good. So it acts as both an underquilt and an overquilt and you're just cocooned in the, um, you know, in the sleeping or in the quilt. Um, outside of that, you know, I do prefer to have more of a closed foot box in colder weather. So, you know, that's the catabatic actually works really well for that. I've got a couple sleeping bags. That, I've got an EMS sleeping bag that actually works really well. What is that? Like the Mountain Light or something. I think that's a 20 degree. That's kind of my cold weather one that you guys probably seen. Question I have is uh, I see so many people that are now hiking and uh, they choose to. Uh, or prefer to sleep in a hammock versus on the ground yeah. and I've never been able to, to sleep in a or, or actually even rest in a hammock without it affecting my back right and I'm just wondering have they have they made any uh, advances in that where 
it's tight enough or strong enough to where you get the back support where you're, you know you're not gonna throw out your back from sleeping in a weird position because that's that's my biggest fear because yeah. I I'd like to sleep on a hard surface. So you want a flat hammock? So yeah. uh, so, and, so I mean, do you know about that? Because I I really have not researched that, and I'm so the I'm hammocks, just wondering what the you know yeah, what yeah the hammocks I sleep in are called gather hammocks. Uh, what you want is a hammock that has a spreader bar that has more of a flat surface on it. Uh, so you can either move around or sleep on your side. Uh, it might be a little bit more comfortable for you. It's going to add weight, but they've got some of these smaller, you know, hammocks that do have the spreader bars on there. Um, and they don't look like they would be extremely heavy. Um, but then you're talking, what do you put for an under quilt on that? There are a couple of cottage companies, uh, Jacks are better. Uh, hammock gear uh, they all make you know different types of hammocks they're cottage guys that uh, they do really good job um, and I you see them on the trail you know people do carry them uh, some of them are a bit they've gotten better on the design actually I have even seen some at um, Walmart um, that well, actually looked like they would probably be pretty decent. Well, it's interesting because you would think, because I, I watch a lot of um, rock climbing, you know, where you see the guys that are like set up a bivouac on the side of a mountain, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you you would think that they could incorporate that into a system where, you know, it would be nice and flat and solid as well. Uh, you don't really need it on the trail, but, it, you know, just to get up off the ground. So, I think the lightest ones that I saw that are like that, they literally look like they're, it's a hanging box. Uh, but it's nice and solid and flat. Uh, I think the lightest they said that was was five pounds. Five pounds something. Now, like I said, I think if you find some that aren't maybe as built out, you can probably get that down to a two and a half, three maybe. And that might be actually reasonable to, to carry, you know, especially if you're going to be comfortable when you sleep. The one thing I like about the hammock, it's a chair, it's a couch, it's, you know, uh, your bed. It's, it is comfortable. It does take getting used to. I, I, I get where you're coming from. You probably also, on a gather hammock, you know, you're just cocooned, just like, you know, in Avatar. You know, um, you, you want something more flat. But that's not something obviously you prefer because it seems like with your gear you prefer to sleep on the ground uh, for the yeah. most part. Yeah, I do. Um, like I said, site selection. So this is one of the first things about site selection. I now sleep under bushes and under trees. I don't sleep in the open fields anymore. Hmm. Um, you know, if I cowboy on like an open rock or something, it, it, you know, I don't camp a lot of times, sometimes like right next to water, just because of the condensation and the moisture and the humidity. And being in a single wall tent, I just, sometimes you just wake up and you're just covered. You with with uh, moisture? With ice. No. That's what happened on the, the Baton Mackay trip. Hmm. You know, that um, I was in the field, I woke up and I was just, I was like, God, that's stupid. What a rookie move. Hmm. You know, but yeah, I was just covered in ice inside. Wait, that happened again because why? Uh, the condensation that comes off of the uh, and the moisture that comes off the ground uh, when I the air inside my single wall tent is warmer than it is on the outside and then when it hits the 
outside the, the tent wall, it then freezes. Hmm. Or it will condense first. In the summertime, it's condensation and it's wet. But in my case, it was cold enough and it just was a sheet of ice all on the inside. But even in the summer, that wouldn't be... You would be concerned about that because you don't want to wake up wet, right? <laughs> yeah, you just don't want any extra weight in your sleeping bag. You know, um, that's why I usually carry a synthetic in the summertime or most of the time because you're bound because of the humidity here. Um, no, in the southeast, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about other tricks, though? Some other tricks that you might use um, to cut your weight. And an example would be, and I thought this was kind of brilliant. Uh, if you know Skirka, right? He's a big long distance hiker. He would use Ziploc bags instead of an extra pair of shoes. So, <laughs> what? Yes, like essentially, instead of taking a another pair of shoes, he would use Ziploc bags to put in his wet shoes. Mm -hmm. Ah, does that make sense? Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So another another hack is uh, Vaseline as a fire starter. Instead of carrying a fire starter, which you can use Vaseline on your lips or for whatever else you need. Yeah, but yeah on overnight trips, you can pretty much carry anything and everything you want. Um, I typically don't have fires. Um, so in the wintertime, though, it's awfully nice. Yeah, so, I carry. Uh, but I usually just carry a couple of those little cubes and... They weigh next to nothing. So you actually carry them. Wow, you Mr. Ultralight guy carries fire yeah, starters. It's, yeah, it's, for me, I, I, I don't camp with, without a fire. I mean, I've never, ever, even if I'm hiking distance, yeah. I will, get, will not go a night without a fire. Because yeah. for me, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it goes hand in hand. So Yeah. But it's so interesting. I mean, I, I've ran into so many people through hiking. Where all they want to do when they get to the point, because I, I mean, you're talking about people that have covered 20 miles. They're dead. All they want to do oh, is more. just get someplace where they can lay down and sleep, right? Yeah. But if you've got a fire going, you know, you just see their their uh, faces light up, like, oh, so true. It's so it. I can just walk in and there's a fire right here going. Uh, this is this is great. Oh, and, I know you guys appreciate it. Seven, eight o'clock in the morning after I've got a nice oh, yeah. fire roaring for a couple of hours. You I'm, have done, and that. even if it's only for like fifteen, thirty minutes, because normally, like I said, I mean they're wiped out. They're they don't want to talk. They don't want to eat. They really just want to sleep, you know. But just sitting by the fire for fifteen, twenty minutes, just to get warmed up, and yeah, before they sense. before they go late. I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's a luxury for them, right? It's so, logical for sure. Three Dub, are you saying that we have a tendency to sleep in? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so you do stay up considerably later than uh, I do. That's probably true. You know. Exactly. Uh, so you know, to be fair. Hey, what, while we're on the topic, let's talk about the mini bic lighter because one of the things I noticed in your kit, which your first aid kit, your essentially general kit, was cut way down more than me. Um, you had the mini bic lighter. Yeah. Which weighs nothing. Yeah, I think it's like 0.5 ounces or something like that. The other thing that I thought was brilliant was you had a painter's tarp versus a ground cloth. Uh, the polycryo. Yeah, it's uh, considerably lighter. It's amazing how durable they are. Um, and if you have to 
swap them out two, three, four times on a long walk, then so be it, they're cheap. So, um, yeah, it's just like basically a little piece of crinkly paper. Okay. You know, it's like a shrink wrap. So, so 3Dub, I'm going to give you some things that help me, and I'm a long way from being as ultralight as you. But these are some things that definitely helped me. The titanium pot. You had a smaller one than I did. Um, but I guess you could technically use it as a mug to drink, you know, your hot chocolate or whatever out of. I noticed you had a... Tell me about the one you had because it was very small. Yeah, what is it? A 650 uh, Vargo, the, the bot. So okay. the good thing I like about it, it has a sealable lid on it. And if I wanted a cold soak, I can. If I walk into a camp and somebody's nice enough to have a fire going, I can always just throw some water in there. <laughs> that sounds like Thermrider. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's very multi-purpose, and that's what I like about it. <clears throat> now, that is one thing I have not found, is I, a, a titanium skillet. And so if anybody yeah, can find interesting. one, that's interesting. I would love to have one, versus me carrying the heavy skillet that I uh, have to carry so I have never seen that That's I've never seen like a full size a full size well I, I say full size an 8 inch titanium skillet would be wonderful because I love to take tortillas on the trail oh, I have never do. been able to find so one so tasty you know the only thing that I'm thinking though is trying to actually cook on such a thin surface that's the thing about the one you have is like aluminum or something, right? It is. And I think that's because it has the space in there because it then evens out the heat. I got a feeling you do something like that with titanium is probably just going to warp. Like there's. But if you put a if you put a uh, top on it, mm -hmm. you know if it has if it has a cover on it, you know it it uh, contains the heat. It should be fine, and you could you. If the handle comes off, you could use it as a plate, or if it's one of those crimped down handles. Right. But the deal is, they don't even make it. Man, go to Kroger and just get those heavy duty pie tins, you know, and then they're basically disposable. Um, but I reuse those. I use those at home, and I reuse them constantly for biscuits. Or but I'm see, I'm worried about cooking in something like that because. Uh, it, it's kind of like I don't use deodorant that has aluminum in it because you know your body can absorb it. I don't like to cook in anything that is not like made to, to be cooked in. Because, yeah, I don't even like to use the microwave crap that you know things are prepackaged in that you can use. You know, it's like plastic. Take it out, put it in a bowl. I, I I take it out and put it in a microwave safe dish and then cook it because. It, I, who knows what's you know what I'm cooking it at? Yeah, and the and the PVCs and everything else that can go to. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean that's that's the whole thing. I don't want it leaching out. I mean, I might as well go to a copper kettle and start cooking in that again. Hey, th <laughs> you know, it's a Thermrider. I got a question for you, and this is going to play right into three dub. So, Thermrider, have you have you ever used the toothpaste tabs before? Because that was one of the things that three uh, dub showed me. That I had never seen. Are you familiar with the the toothpaste tabs? Um, I've seen them, but for me, I always take just a very small, tiny. Uh, you you've probably seen them, the little disposable mouthwash, mm -hmm. and I use that, and I just basically throw that in my mouth and use it with the with the uh, with my toothbrush versus even taking toothpaste. Yeah, because for me, if I just do that and scrub real hard, then. Um, it's going to 
a better job than me trying to deal with tabs or anything else. Three dev, I got to be honest. I thought that was a brilliant hack. Can you talk about that? The wait and uh, I don't know how many days you get out of that. So, well, it's a thirty day uh, uh, bottle that you get from thirty days. Days. Yeah. That's so, amazing. But the, but the thing is, is if you're only going out for four or five, take four or five taps. Yeah. You know, so you, you don't do have twice eight. a day. Then that's ten taps. Okay. But it's very. It's a way for you to becoming very specific about what you do bring along for whatever duration of time that you're going. Um, so when it comes to, you know, trying to figure out what kind of weight that you're taking for the type of weather, the terrain, what you're expecting. Uh, and then, you know, you really have to be quite specific about, okay, what your consumables are going to be. And if that's one of your consumables, that's one way of being able to be able to manage whatever your weight's going to be for the period of time. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, two pounds a day for food, um, three pounds per liter for water just depends on what you're having to carry what you have to consume um and then usually i carry what is it a two liter um ladder so yeah let's talk about water because you had some interesting options you had multiple options for water water's big you talked about the desert um you talked about being in the southeast where there's a lot of water um give us the options for water because water is a big deal i mean it's critical well, it's easy here in the southeast. You know, yeah, we totally. got plenty of it. Out west, it's all about how far do you have to walk to get to your next water source and how questionable that source probably could be. So um, they're lucky on the PCT and the CDT. They've got water caches that are uh, maintained by yeah. Trail Angels. Yeah. That helps immensely. Yeah. Um, what if you didn't have so, I mean, it's not uncommon to have a 20, 25-mile, you know, water carry, you know, in the desert. Well, you know, but it would have to be like uh, they do in, in the true deserts where they would have to uh, dig wells. Uh, well, they usually have, like, um, cattle watering stations. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of the sources that you'll find. Um, concrete cisterns, a couple of them. You know, it's the same thing for livestock. Uh, some of them are underground. Some of them are above ground. Most of them are usually some type of green or brown in flavor. Um, but again, it's like you said, it's all about quality. How long can the water sit there before it becomes tainted? So, well, actually, if it's attached to like a windmill, mm -hmm. it usually has an overflow to keep that flowing a little bit. And usually, there's some kind of a trough right there for the cattle to come up. So that's what they use as the overflow. To fill up the trough that's where the uh, and it keeps the top water spinning so that you're not getting the larvae and stuff and right like, uh, the, the big thing I think that's really more of a problem I mean you can have really moldy algae kind of water last thing you want to see though is any kind of dead animals in it that's the thing that that mouse looks really good floating around in it. <laughs> yeah. no it's not floating that puppy sank oh, to the bottom yeah, completely even worse. Wow. so the thing is is that's toxic yeah, so you have to walk by it. And yeah. the thing is, it's a lot of times, you know, that's the great thing about um, Far Out. It used to be called Gut Hook. Um, you know, you get the comments on water sources, and, you know, they'll they'll tell you, you know, if there's something dead in there, you're going to have to walk the extra five miles to get to the next water source. Oh, it you're sucks. Gonna to, you're going to have to pass it We're up. so fortunate on the East Coast. We yeah. really don't have to deal with I that know, very that's much. That's so true. Yeah, that's so we're, true. We're lucky. 
So you had you had multiple water water options for ultralight. You had a uh, uh, like a bottle with the hose on it. Can you talk about that? Because I thought that was super interesting. Uh, so like the Sawyer Squeeze, they give you the um, you know the hose if you want to do a gravity feed, and so I do gravity feed sometimes. I just think it's a little bit easier to kind of aim into the bottle as well. Hmm. So I'll take the hose and cut it in half and uh, use it on the end of the Sawyer. And We're talking weight-wise. What are we talking? Three ounces. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, okay. Three, I think three, three and a half ounces. Well, and you had an interesting little water bag contraption, which you could wear around your neck once it was full. Oh, so that's the Evernew 2 liter. All yeah. I did was I just put uh, grommets on the end of it and then ran a uh, cord through it so I could sling it over my shoulder for water carries. Again, what, so, what's the weight on that one? Oh, uh, I think the bag's like nine, ten ounces, hmm. something like that. Okay. We've right. come a long way since the iodine tablets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are super lightweight, though, if you're looking God, for lightweight. Yeah, but the water tastes disgusting. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you got to put some Kool-Aid in there. But if, but if you have taint, if you're worried about tainted water, though, I would imagine people still use it on the West Coast, right? Uh, they actually uh, have it in the, uh, what is it, the um, emergency bags for the any kind of radiation. I mean, if you're, if you're worried uh, about any type of contamination, right? Yeah. It's, uh, I so, yeah, I guess the big question is, does Kool-Aid kill the taste of a dead mouse? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, uh. I, actually, I don't know so much about the taste, but what about the smell? Oh, uh, That's the one thing that, you know, so... I can smell th it right now. Well, <laughs> so that's the one thing I did notice uh, when you... I had to treat some sulfur sulfur water that just was just awful yeah. and I was lucky I found this concrete cistern in the middle of nowhere um, with birds taking a bath in it so yum you know actually that was a darn sight better than what I just pulled out of this other I just you know I chick chucked all the way to that five miles to that cistern and wow. I actually got some good water I think everyone in this room has run out of water at some point yeah, where it's, it's the like, worst man. I will take I yeah. will take whatever I can get right? yeah so that's a great question actually about ultralight I mean it's gonna happen where you're going so ultralight that you run out of water um, I've run out of water and I was literally couldn't think yeah. it was in Arizona but um, any comments there because yeah preparation is the whole key because you know in the East Coast we're lucky you know we have we're abundance of water that we just walk across you know every two miles three miles lip or less um but dehydration now, is just as i mean it's yeah. just as dangerous as hypothermia i yeah, mean yeah, it, it once is. it hits you it's you're you're in trouble yeah and the heat too yeah agreed mm -hmm. wow all right guys to close this out um you know philip three dub you've got an ton of experience on long distance trails you, you were one of the first people that i knew that went, really went ultra light although to be fair in the early 2000s i grabbed a go light pack and um it didn't actually make a big difference in my hiking um and that was mainly because we were doing really long distances over really difficult terrain but um i have not made the transition like you so, for the listeners, you're out one night, you're out three nights, or you're out for a um, 
entire week or more. Can you give us your kit, like literally lay out what you would take? Well, I think people just need to realize and understand what do they have, what's their budget, and what's available to them. Because if you're starting off, this stuff can be quite expensive, but having at least an eye for, you know, how to maximize whatever you're bringing. If, you're, if you need the comforts, you know, then try and get the lightest comfort item that you have. Um, some of these things are, can be quite extreme, and yeah, I completely get that. And it's not going to be the most comfortable. You're out there to have fun. This is not the Bataan Death March. You know, um, you know, you go out there and whatever is comfortable. But I did find that taking this weight off of my back made a huge difference, not just in the enjoyment that I had out of it, but um, starting to not worry so much about what was on my back. I can worry more about being in the present because I don't necessarily worry so much about miles either. Um, at my age, it's really more about getting up early, starting early, walking more hours, you know, um, taking the breaks whenever I need to. And, you know, if I have to night hike, so be it. If I want to stop early, so be it. If, I, if it's a Nero, a zero. Um, a lot of these trips to me are more about just living in the present, figuring out, you know, how you want to do it. Doesn't matter necessarily the weight, but do be conscious of the weight. Be conscious of, you know, um, how it's fitting to you. And and have don't pack your fears. That was the biggest thing. Um, you know, even when you and I were starting doing this and you know, even the terraplane and the what is it, the Alpine that I had from the Dana design? I love yeah. those packs. Yeah. Those things were great. Dude, I mean, um, Dana's still going. They're with the military right now, right? Uh, Mystery like, Ranch, right? Yeah. So, But if um, I, I would think for the long-distance height, it's more of shed the creature comfort and pack what you need. Right. Well, but the thing is, is everybody has a little bit of a different set of essentials. And that's usually comfort items. Thermrider has a very different set of essentials. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Is that accurate? Uh, give me the weight. I can. I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, but you understand what that weight is. You you understand the commitment right. that you're making to you know to carry it whatever the distance is for that duration. And if I get in trouble, I know exactly what I need to ditch. Well, so <laughs> also if you ever do decide to take like a long distance hike or a walk. I know for a fact you're going to be looking for every single advantage in order to be successful in that endeavor. And that means to be conscious of your weight, be conscious. Because um, you're long looking. Long distance walking is not the same as just going on a backpacking trip. Because so. you're worried about ounces versus pounds at that point. Right. And, right. And so, so, yeah, it's all about function, form, and, you know, what, what, what are you doing it for? You know, if it's backpacking. Yeah, I mean, it's really just kind of maybe a strategy to try and minimize some of your weight. But if you really like those creature comforts of an insulated sleeping pad, you know, or which is going to cost you maybe an extra six, eight ounces or something on your pad, you know, so be it. Three dub. Question to you. One night, you're carrying, what's your, what's your pack weight? Mm -hmm. 12 pounds. Wow. Therm Rider, what's your pack weight? <laughs> on a typical night? 
uh, way in or way out? Uh, that's a great question, actually. Yeah. That's important. Um, in and out. Okay, way in. Uh, I would honestly, it would be about fifty-five pounds because I kind of push it. Yeah. Way out, about twenty, <laughs> about twenty pounds. Wow, big difference. Okay. Well, so that's a large num- amount of consumables. Yeah. What's what's the that's just, that's what's the difference? Uh, the beer weight. What is it? Uh, what, what? How much does one beer weigh? Probably. Twelve ounces. Twelve ounces. Yeah. So if anybody should know the answer to that, it's you. And so, so obviously that's gone. That's that. That's not going to be in my pack. Uh, actually, I probably wouldn't even put alcohol in my pack. You know, if I was doing a three-day hike, just because it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. All right. So back not to pra- you. Not practical. Yeah. Agreed. Back to you, three dub. So let's go three day. Three day. What are you carrying weight wise? What do you got? Well, it's usually pretty easy. The calculation is two pounds a day, you know, for food. So if I'm going to be 12, add another four pounds on the 16 for a three day. So you're you're out for three days, and you're carrying 16 pounds. Then 15, then 14 pounds, then 12 pounds, and then back into town. Thermorider, does that strike you as amazing? Uh, I think my boots, uh, just you know. Some of the boots that I wear are probably half that weight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like come underst- on. Understand too that is summer with a tarp. Okay. You know, with you know, just the absolute bare. Usually, my base weight is right at nine pounds, something like that. Wow. Uh, nine and ten pounds, and then it's just two pounds per day, and then include the three pounds of uh, per liter of water. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, you know. The, the the real advantage you know that I see with a lot of these you know high mileage you know um, ultralight guys is they really have their bare essentials for the gear down they're in good shape and they know exactly how many miles they can do in what amount of time you know to get to their next water source and they're literally you know that weight and you know how they consume it and how they uh, carry it is very precise and you know a lot of people that do a long distance walk or a hike eventually you get right into that same rhythm now you might be carrying a little bit more weight here and there depending on what your gear is but it all becomes consistent after the first you know three four five weeks but it sounds very similar to running a marathon or or half marathon or you know anything else that you're doing that requires that type of commitment you got to know what you're what you can handle physically and i think that's the most important thing right it's and in any ounce that you can shed that's just it's an advantage it, absolutely but uh i do think it has more to you know when it comes to enjoyment because you know you want people to enjoy the outdoors you know because it really is a source and it really does <laughs> I know many, many people that absolutely just do not want to be outside because of either that one or two experiences where they get stuck in a storm or, you know, they were miserable and, you know, um, so I'm usually very cognizant, you know, when we, even when you and I have brought a couple of new people, you know, into a trip, it's like, well, let's make sure it's really good weather. Yeah. You want them to have a good time. Pick and choose your battles. Yeah. It's not so, like our, it's not like some of the Klondikes. Yeah, yeah, we've well, had a few of those. Well, you don't want to take a beginner to a zero degree hike. Yeah, 
it's just they're going to be miserable. Yeah. Even if you give them all the proper gear, they're not going to be happy. Yeah, and you might not even be either because depending on a zero degree day, doesn't right. matter what your experience is, is you know. Yeah, you know, it's you, it's you, you can it's have tough. Just as bad of a time as anybody else. It's tough. You got to find some shelter. You got to find some uh, windbreak. So three W, you've been ultralight for a while. Um, Therm Rider seems like he's not remotely close to ultralight. I, I am definitely going in that path. I uh, think you know. Therm Rider's more along the more like the tailgater. <laughs> is that what it is? That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking he's fixing to get the big screen TV. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. Wow. The RV wow. with the port stack. Well, I, 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 I can talk to myself. I'm not going to uh, refer to myself in the third person, but I can tell you <laughs> that I uh, I am getting older, and I'm going to be for, forced to uh, you know lighten my load. I want to enjoy the hike up. Right, and I want to. I mean, I always enjoy the, the hike out, but the hike in, you know, you want to enjoy that as well. And if you have too much weight, it's not going to be enjoyable. So, and eventually, I'm sorry, your age is going to catch up to you. It will, it will. and uh, you're going to have to uh, start cutting some of those uh, creature comforts out. You know, I mean, it's just. Well, I don't think it's so much part about of it. cutting out the creature comforts. It's just probably being a little bit smarter yeah. about the choices that we have in the gear that we select. And unfortunately right now, some of it's specialized to the point where it's not that cheap, but there's plenty of this gear that's out there that you can substitute for a pretty close substitute. And that's where the name of the game really is. Um, I've seen people do incredible hikes just in a North Face day pack, you know, uh, and you're like, where's the rest of your kit? And you know they have enough confidence in themselves that there might be a little bit cold that night but they'll get through it and then you know um yeah i don't have maybe that level of comfort so i've got a little bit nicer quilt or something you know to, I, t I tell you keeping dry and warm is the most important thing uh, yeah. i could tell you for me the hardest thing for me is giving up the chair that's tough man that's the helinox zero <laughs> well uh, that tough. is one of the things that I really like about having a hammock, though, because it acts like a chair. You have some support for your back. You know, after carrying something or being upright all day, you want something to support your back. I understand it about a chair, and that's why I like the uh, uh, the hammock. Hey, so, 3-Dub, you've got more experience going ultralight than anybody else in this room. Um, some Some gear and websites that you could suggest to the listeners would be super helpful. So check out some of the other journeys some other people have taken on uh, YouTube. Okay. Um, man, um, the Palante Packs, that's John Zahorian uh, on YouTube. Um, Jupiter Hikes, he does a really good job on his videos, both of those guys. Um, you know, a lot of people watch Dixie, you know, uh, Homemade Wonderlust. And then some of these cottage gear manufacturers. Uh, I started off with the Z-Packs, uh, moved more to Hyperlite. Uh, I really like Mountain Laurel Design, um, you know, Six Moons, uh, all these companies that are out there um, that they do a fantastic job. And, you know, hammock gear, Dutchware gear, those are some of the hammock guys. Uh, Jacks are better. Uh, and there's a bunch more out there, Light AF stuff Chris is doing over there is great you know so 
um, check out what some of these guys might be, you know, talking about. Um, you know, none of it's really hard and fast as far as what to do. It just gives you an idea of what works for some people. It might work for you. It might not. <clears throat> but, you know, it's really just that kind of balancing that weight, budget, and comfort. That some, that the types of trips that you're going to do. A lot of these people, they are more specialized in long-distance walking. Um, but a lot of this stuff can definitely translate, whether it's an overnight backpacking trip. Um, I've done the same strategies traveling around the world. And it, 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 it matters. It really does. You know, the less that you have, the freer you are. I like it. You were basically dressed to go on the trail tonight. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Was that intentional? <clears throat> well, it's... Some of the things, too, that I think uh, also ultralight people need to consider what you wear is actually your shelter uh, to a large degree. It's also part of your sleep system to uh, some degree. When it comes to layering up, um, so like the sun hoodie, you know, it matters the most in the desert. Uh, and if you can actually have a you know, thumb hole on this, you don't have to have, you know, sun gloves or something. You have a little bit of extra protection for the side of your face and from the sun. Uh, all these different things are also a strategy, you know, for the ultralight because now you're having to think about the weather that you're, the environment that you're going to be in, and you have to kind of take it accordingly. So, so like, you might have missed my question there, uh, three dub. So, are we going backpacking tonight? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a loaded four loaded backpacks in my yeah room yeah. over here. Oh, I've got plenty of gear. That's wow. for sure. Okay. Yeah, you're all set. Well, guys, thank you for being on the show tonight. Thanks I, for hopefully, me. hopefully it was helpful to the listeners. Um. Yeah. Hopefully, well, I like to. I want to. I listened to your um, the guy that did the Shushaku, the eighty-eight temples. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been. Is that is that on your list? Yeah, definitely. That's in Japan. Yeah. Wow. Going okay. back home. Wow. Yeah, your your wanderlust is not complete. Three dub. Nah, well, I haven't been back since I was three, so. Wow, that wow. sounds pretty good. <clears throat> so it'd be nice to check out. What better way to check it out than like the eighty-eight temples? I hear you. Well, guys, thank you for uh, being on the show tonight. Um, hopefully, we've got some relevant information for the uh, listeners and we haven't been out since uh 2021 and um that was march 2021 all of us together i was about to say no <laughs> we went hiking in 2022 come on yeah so but not as a group maybe tonight <laughs> <laughs> i bought steaks that are marinating that's not <laughs> happening <laughs> All right, well, we'll get out soon. Guys, thanks for being on the show. Cheers. You've been listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to the show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also stream shows directly from n2backpacking.com. Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. 
Music from the show was provided by Jarris under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. The show is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at n2backpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com. Thank you.